What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today DFS. It's 11 o'clock on Friday. You know what that means. That means I am joined by Michael McClure. We give our Sunday slate main slate breakdown. We go game by game, give out our favorite plays, stacks, all of that stuff. Mike gives out his top three. I will say at the end of the show, we're going to touch on, I promised you on Tuesday, we'll touch on the three-game Saturday slate, uh, maybe some advice from Mike McClure on that one. But Mike, first of all, how you doing? Ready to get started? Ready to get started, Sia. We just finished a really long version of The Early Edge. Go check that out if you have time. Uh, Definitely an entertaining episode. So feeling good. Uh, I mentioned to you, I don't love the main slate, but sometimes when I don't love the main slate, that's when I've had my best results because at the end of the day, it is a game that we are trying to solve and everyone is in that same, uh, same boat. So I think sometimes when we all love something, it isn't necessarily the best case. So I I like the challenge that we have this week, but I do think it is a challenge. Yeah. And I think Mike, we talked uh, before the show started, you're going to speak to some interesting correlations or, or or should I say non-correlations that your model is kind of pumping out that a lot of people won't have because they're a little unorthodox. So I think it's really, it's really important to listen to this show for that reason too. We're not going to necessarily give you all the advice, everybody else, for better or for worse, uh, all the other places are giving. And by the way, uh, check out the Early Edge. 10 o'clock episode went about 45 minutes because we broke down a lot of the key games in, in college football, uh, the NBA, of course, the NFL, Saturday and Sunday and Friday. So you're going to want to maybe uh, peek at that before you lay any money down this weekend. Let's start it off, Mike, with your Chiefs. Chiefs are minus eight. This was nine and a half earlier in the week. It's now Chiefs minus eight at the Patriots, 37-point total. I checked the weather. It didn't seem like that was a... Huge concern. I'm a little surprised the line moved a point and a half, I'll be honest with you. But I, I guess I understand why it moved. Either way, I, I, I'm slightly interested in Patrick Mahomes, maybe a Rasheed Rice pairing. I don't think a lot of people are going to be on this game outside of what seems to be a very popular Ezekiel Elliott. I get that part. Um, what do you like in this game? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things you can like. Ezekiel Elliott, number one, uh, it's going to be incredibly popular. I like him. I like his involvement in the passing game again, too. I think that that's going to be uh, almost a free square uh, in DFS this week. So definitely focus there first. I like Mahomes. I'm probably going to attack him in the player prop market more than in DFS, uh, just Mm -hmm. because I slightly prefer Josh Allen still at quarterback. Um, Don't mind it, though. Rasheed Rice continues to pop as someone that – is going to emerge. I think he's going to be an incredibly, incredibly good player in the NFL uh, over the next few years. And we're starting to see that. I think Mahomes is going to continue to lean on him and trust him. Um, So I like Kansas City. I don't necessarily agree with the total being down to 37 here as well. I think that the Patriots will have the ability to push just a little bit. Um, I like Travis Kelsey uh, a little bit as well. I don't think anyone's going to play him this week. I, I think no one's playing Travis Kelsey. We're talking... Low single-digit ownership. He can certainly find the end zone. Uh, the Chiefs really want to win this game. So that's where I'm at on it. I don't mind stacking Mahomes with Rice, but it's mostly going to be a lot of Zeke, some Rasheed Rice just sprinkled in everywhere, and then in a tournament lineup, a, a Travis Kelsey share for sure. Let me ask you this. And by the way, I, from a prop standpoint, I kind of like Mahomes' completions. I believe it's 23 and a half. I think he's just going to be dinking and dunking uh, around the yard here. If you were to stack Mahomes, whether you're playing the full slate, maybe you're playing the one o'clock slate, if you were to stack Mahomes at 7,800, would it be with Kelsey and somebody else? Or would it be maybe not with Kelsey and Rasheed Rice? Maybe you throw in Jarek McKinnon, who's 5,100. What would the prime, if you were doing a stack, what would the primary stack be with Mahomes? Uh, probably Rice, uh, possibly Kelsey, because I think playing Mahomes is going to be relatively contrarian anyway. So I would probably just have the the Kelsey and really the build gets a little different when you do that. So that's where I would be. Uh, and before we move on, there is one other guy I want to talk about. The quarterback change uh, to Zappi has been a good thing for Juju Smith-Schuster, and I think it mm-hmm. will continue to be that way. Um, he's dealing with an ankle injury. It is a revenge game for him uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a revenge game for him against the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. He, he tends to be, as you know about him, the Mr. TikTok himself. He loves the narrative. He loves to get up for those spots. I, I like him a lot in this spot at only 3,600. You can do a lot with your lineup. So didn't want to forget him because I will be playing him as long as he's active. Okay. Uh, Scott to Wisconsin, Florida Project guy. He says he came in third place in the DFS contest. Congratulations. That's pretty good. Uh, he asks, Mike, if if the DraftKings ratings, you know, when you're, when you're picking players, you see like third or, or 25th in terms of um, what the matchup is. 
he said, how much, he's basically asking, how much do you buy into those? I mean, I, I don't know that I buy into them too much, Mike, because they're not necessarily showcasing the stats that we, we would want to see. And frankly, they're season stats where I don't like to look at season stats. I like to maybe look at a sample size that's smaller than that. What's your response to that? Yeah, my response is it can be uh, it can be valuable uh, depending on how you use it. It certainly can be valuable. I tell you where I think it's most valuable is simply ignoring it and simply uh, playing against it. Right. So if I see someone uh, like, for example, this week, maybe the Titans defense, you're facing a backup quarterback, obviously. Uh, Houston ranks fourth. So it's a red. It's a negative matchup. Uh, I disagree with that. I think it's a great time to de- deploy that defense. So I think that it can cause ownership to be a little off in certain times with, with players potentially, you know, looking and hand building, I would say a large portion of the audience now and is ever growing is going to continue to build less and less by hand on some of those spots. Um, So it's not something I look at terribly, but it would be something where it would make me want to play some of the elite players a little more. So another one while we're on Patriots, it'd be Travis Kelsey. You look and see New England, really tough matchup for tight ends. Third, no one's going to click him. He's the most expensive tight end by $1,800. That is a situation where I'd rather ignore it and bet on talent. Okay, absolutely. And by the way, we got a 10-game slate for the Sunday slate, just to remind everybody. Seven games, because I mentioned the early slate. Seven games on the early side, three um, pretty electric games on the late side, the 4 o'clock hour. So let's go to the Bears Bears plus three at the Browns. This one's kind of teetering between three and two and a half. The over, I think it has ticked up to around 38, 38 and a half in some places, but let's call it 38. Uh, I think this is an interesting game, maybe from a betting standpoint, more than a DFS standpoint, because What's what's Joe Flacco going to do? I mean, he's been very good. This Bears defense really has stepped up. I was all over. So were you. Justin Fields, DJ Moore last week. I don't know that this is the spot to play anybody really on either side. So I'm largely out on this game. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty much out on this game as well. See, I don't think that I'm going to get anywhere here. I'm trying to look through every. Yeah, I'm. I have one share of Amari Cooper, one share of David Njoku. When I say one share, um, it's basically I let the computer build 50 lineups. They're in less than 3%. So it's like very, very low, uh, just cracking the player pool. Makes sense on David Njoku. It does seem that Joe Flacco to David Njoku is a thing. Uh, The price point up to 4,700 now, rightfully so. I think he's getting close to where he should be considering uh, all things here. So I'm going to be off of it. If I were to play anything here, it would honestly probably be Browns defense or uh, David Njoku, not yeah, with I Flacco, think, just Njoku on his own. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with that. I think anytime you play Njoku, you know you've got upside potential, and that, that's what you're looking for. Whether it's 4,700 or 3,700, we know Njoku can be one of those guys, like last week, we can get two touchdowns and, and pile up a bunch of yards. Uh, he's an absolute beast. I, I don't know that I'm going to be on him this week, but I wouldn't argue with anybody who was on uh, David Njoku. By the way, there might be a little bit of weather in that game. Always monitor uh, the weather in all of these non-dome games. And this next game we're going to talk about, we have to monitor a lot of things, injuries and weather, because it does look like down in Miami, Miami hosting the Jets. I think we're still looking at a nine and a half point spread here, 39 point total. You know, we're going to deal with some wind and some rain, but we're also going to deal with some injury news that we're just going to have to monitor. It does look like Tyreek Hill is going to suit up. I don't know, you know, how healthy and effective he's going to be. I think it makes sense for him to suit up and, and be maybe a decoy for Jalen Waddle's benefit more than, than anything yeah. else. Uh, not that he's not going to catch a pass, but Tyreek Hill, Devin Achan, Achan, like, I don't know, you know, maybe he has a turf toe injury. We're not exactly sure what's going on there. I don't love anything in this game. This might be the first time where I'm like, well, I'm out on T- Tyreek Hill for obvious reasons. It's not the best matchup against the Jets. He has an ankle injury. I'm not going to defer to Jalen Waddle in that case. I don't think I want to play Mostert against the Jets. I- I'm worried about A-Chan, maybe Garrett Wilson. Like, I-, I just think I'm out on this one. How about you? Yeah, I'm out on it uh, for sure. It'll be fascinating to see how the Dolphins respond after the way they lost that game. Uh, not having Tyreek Hill is a big, big thing. Uh, The thing that you kind of see a little bit, too, with Miami, we don't think about it a lot. This is a run-forward team, and it's not necessarily – it's a little counterintuitive because you've got big weapons in the passing game. But if they're not able to run the football, they become incredibly one-dimensional. If one of the wide receivers is banged up, 
uh, and life gets tough there. So this is a tough matchup for them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them struggle in this matchup with the Jets, um, especially if Tyreek is really banged up. And I personally believe that he is. Uh, you know, we talk about Tyreek Hill a little bit, too. I think that I'm not playing him at all, first of all. We'll tell you that. I think he's going to be a decoy at best. Mm -hmm. uh, what makes Tyreek Hill so good is his speed. That That's it, right? It, it's yeah. truly his speed. Um, it's If you're limiting him in any way in terms of speed, he, he quickly becomes a league average wide receiver because um, mm -hmm. he's not necessarily getting jump balls. He's not big physical guy. Um I, I'm completely out there. So I'm out on the Dolphins side. I actually like the Jets defense a little bit against them. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets win this game outright. Yeah, and by the way, that we have it up on the screen that the total's 39, but it, it has ticked down a little bit, which which makes sense. I believe it's in that 37 and a half, 38 range. So just something to monitor. That that is largely wind related, but certainly injury related too. Like I just don't think to my to Mike's point, we're not going to see that explosive Miami offense as long as Tyreek Hill is banged up in, in any appreciable way. Okay, we're going to move to Giants and the Saints. But before we do that, let's hear a quick message from our partners. Chris Kish in the chat. Uh, we really appreciate him. He's obviously, Mike, he's a big early edge fan. I think he follows both of us as well. He says, hey, guys, I'm tardy but ready for the NFL education. Have to force myself to learn NFL, but I 100% would choose to learn from you two. Let's go. Chris, really appreciate that. And by the way, Chris, I don't know how many episodes you've listened to. But if you've listened to a handful, maybe more than one, uh, maybe it's time for you to review the podcast. Go to go to Apple, scroll down to go, go to our podcast, like scroll down for like all of one and a half seconds and you can hit five stars. Maybe a couple words about Mike, about myself, uh, about our producer, Nada, or maybe about Meg Schaup, who, who co-hosts with me on Tuesday. We would really appreciate that. That goes for a lot, a lot of you that are so dedicated to this chat. Greg Goose Hayes, I see you, James uh, Smith Waller. Um, it really does take like three seconds to review the podcast. So we, we always appreciate that. All right, Giants plus five at Saints, 37 and a half point total. That's what it's looking like right now. I mean, listen, I, Mike, I, I'm not going to touch this game. Uh, it does look like Chris Olave might be an issue uh, in terms of playing in this one. Uh, Alvin Kamara's 8,600. That's probably going to be a fade for me. DeVito's 5,000. I mean, you know, it's interesting. The Saints defense, not quite as formidable as, as perhaps we once thought, but I don't know that I'm going to get to like a DeVito, Wandale Robinson stack, but I don't hate it. That costs 8,700 total. Barkley, 7,300. Another game that I'm probably off. There's only like a few games on this slate, Mike, that I actually really like. Only one or two in the one o'clock and one or two in the four o'clock. This isn't one of them. H how about for you? What's your impression of this one? Yeah, there's not a lot to love here. Um, you know, I think you could even get away with maybe playing either one of the defenses. Uh, Alvin Kamara is always going to be fascinating because we know the upside he possesses. I'm not going to get there this week. Uh, just too close to Christian McCaffrey, frankly, at this point. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not going to get there. I'm trying to look through anything else. Do I have anyone? Um, I have a tiny interest in Saquon Barkley just because I do think the volume is going to be there for him. Mm -hmm. Um, with DeVito, I do think we could see the pass, uh, in involvement in the passing game. And then, oh yeah, the other one, I will play Wondell Robinson. Um, Wondell Robinson is just too cheap. It's kind of like Juju Smith-Schuster. And another, you know, we talk about this a lot. The reason why I end up getting to guys like this is mostly because of where I'm spending elsewhere, not because I just absolutely love them. Uh, however, I do like the the targets, right? I think that Wendell Robinson is going to get targeted around the line of scrimmage. I don't think that they want tons of deep shots consistently from DeVito. I think they want to let him game manage. I think they want to put the ball in either Wendell Robinson or Saquon Barkley's hands. So I do like Wendell Robinson. Uh, again, 3,700. Love the targets. Love his athleticism. Love the fact that they're playing indoors uh, in a dome. Um, on the Saints side, though, I'm completely out. DeVito is fascinating in that we saw him rack up a ton of rushing yards against the Packers. I think that he will continue to look to do that. I don't think that it's going to be enough to where you just absolutely need to play him or want to play him in DFS. I think you could get away with just looking at player prop markets for that. So for the one o'clock slate, if I was playing the early only slate, this isn't my favorite game by any means. We're actually going to get to my favorite game in two games uh, for the again for the one o'clock slate only. I like to everybody knows that watches this show. Um, I like to play the afternoon. I like to play the one o'clock slate. That's actually these days where most of my money is. And of course, I play the main slate, too. But I'm, I'm really allocating a lot more money to splitting up the slates. I've just been more successful over the last four or five weeks doing that. With that said, if I was just playing the one o'clock slate, would I be crazy to do? 
a DeVito, Wandale, Barkley stack? Is that just too much? Am I just asking too much at that point? Not asking too much at that point. The only thing that I would say is, again, I, I love to look for ways that I can get money down in certain situations. If you're willing to do that, you should probably be on the Giants plus five or the over 37. Yeah. One of the two. Because um, yeah. there's certainly strong correlation with them being within a score or the game going over uh, if you're planning to win your DFS contest. So if you're willing to make those three in a stack, uh, I think it's fine. And I think it could definitely get there. I think the scenario where it gets there, where you're even, frankly, minimum cashing a GPP, it's the scenario where the Giants either cover five or the game goes over 37 and a half. So mm -hmm. when you do things like that, at least the way I like to play, I like to uh, you know, build and plan for those kind of scenarios. So I don't think it's crazy. I think it could definitely get there. The price point on DeVito and Wandale, um, you're basically getting DeVito, Wandale, and Saquon for the same cost that you would get Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Like you're getting those three players versus two. Um, does it work? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I just think the Saints defense, I mean, I, I see the implied point total. It's only 16, it's almost 17 points for the Giants, but but I could see them surpassing that in, in, a, in a significant enough way for that uh, trio to, to kind of smash. I mean, Wandale Robinson to me, like, because we look at all the other receivers like Jalen Hyatt, 3,200, Darius Slayton. Wandale is, it might, we'll move on finally to Falcons Panthers in a second, but Wandale reminds me of what the Giants wanted Kadarius Tony to be two, three years ago. 100%. Like he's area guy that can do stuff after the catch very reliable piles up the receptions really good DraftKings play frankly yes only and i would say all these guys that we're talking about in this game are DraftKings only you need the ppr we know that uh devito's looking for short area passes likely it's likely saquon likely wandale um but the real reason why i have any interest in uh in devito is the rushing upside i i think that he Flashed it, at twice, flashed it twice now, but really against the Packers, I think a light bulb kind of went off for him. Hey, I actually have this weapon and I can use it, and I think he continues mm. to do so. Good for Tommy DeVito. Okay, we'll finally move on. Falcons minus three at the Panthers, 35-point total. This one we can go through pretty quick. Uh, listen, if you wanted to play, Mike, and I, I don't know what your opinion is on Desmond Ritter at 5,200. That, that seems like a pretty great price. Drake's still underpriced probably at 5,400. If you recall last week, I think he was 4,800. Everybody played him. He had a good game. Kyle Pitts had a good game last week. He's only 4,000. Bijan, 6,800. I'm not getting to Bijan. I would consider uh, Ritter and Drake and maybe even Pitts Maybe Hubbard on the other side, but there's no other player I would even consider here. Are you even considering any of the players I just mentioned, though? Uh, I'm not. The only thing I'm considering here is the Falcons' defense. Uh, I know it's a mm -hmm. road spot. Panthers really don't want to win this game. I know the guys on the field will, um, but they really don't want to win this game. There's no incentive at this point. Uh, I think that, for me, it's a Falcons' defense. Uh, you know, Young has struggled a lot. We've seen a lot of defensive touchdowns against this team. Um Low scoring in game, ugly game. Uh, I'll take the Falcons defense. Yeah, I agree. And we had a question. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by it because I want to see, I want to go back to Kansas City. Okay, so somebody was asking, who was it? Kansas, J-Rob, Kansas City's defense against the Pats. I actually like that. The, the only issue there is they're 3,900 and there's probably some cheaper defenses you can get. But I, I think part of the reason, Mike, and I just want to go back to this game real quick, and I don't think we need to spend any more time on Fal Falcons-Panthers. Uh, so we'll go right to a game I really like, B Bucks and Packers. But let's go back to KC real quick. This line has shifted down from nine and a half to minus eight in most markets. I think Kansas City's like, even if you don't believe that Mahomes and Kelsey and these receivers are going to get the magic back, I think what we saw from Bailey Zappi was really a, a product of the Steelers not having their linebackers and just like a great game from Bailey Zappi, frankly. This Kansas City defense, you know better than anybody, it's pretty good. Like, do you, I'm just curious, do you like the Kansas City Chiefs minus eight? Uh, I lean that way. Um, I like the defense a lot here. Uh, I tell you where I would play the defense, though, is probably in my Mahomes stack. It would be a full-on Kansas City onslaught uh, hmm. where you're basically racking up sacks, keeping the Patriots off the, the scoreboard, creating short fields where Mahomes is able to capitalize those into touchdowns. I think that's the scenario. Uh, I don't think I would play just Chiefs defense on their own. I think it would truly want to be – uh, the defense puts Mahomes in a great spot. He's able to have his four touchdown day. Um, that's how I would play it, and it's probably how I will play it. Yeah, on the one o'clock slate, I'll be playing some Mahomes stacks, and I'll also be playing some Jordan Love stacks because I really like this game. Uh, Bucks plus three and a half at the Packers. I think this total has moved up from forty-one and a half now to forty-two and a half. 
Jordan Love, 6,200, not super cheap, but still like relatively cheap here. Um, Jaden Reed, 4,900. Romeo Dobbs, 5,300. We've got Kraft at 3,000. You know, all these guys are, have the potential to have good games. I don't think we're going to see Christian Watson. I don't think A.J. Dillon's been ruled out yet, but I don't know that we're going to see A.J. Dillon. We may see Aaron Jones, but either way, not the best matchup. Against, you can run against the Bucs, but it's not a great matchup to run against the Bucs. To me, Mike, this looks like a, like a Jordan Love stack to either Jaden Reed or, or or less popular Romeo Dobbs. And then, of course, you can run it back with kind of whoever you want, like a Mike Evans. But are you interested at all on this Packers side? Yeah, I have some interest for sure. Uh, I think it's a good bounce back spot for them the way they lost. Uh, I think Love is still going to be in a good matchup overall. It is a bit of a – the Bucks are a bit of a pass funnel anyway, so I would look at mm -hmm. some of the short area passes, as you mentioned with Reed um, and the running backs, whoever it ends up being. Uh, I, that's where I would look. I think Love is definitely playable still. Um, I'm not going to get to anything on the Bucks side really personally, but mm -hmm. I, I do think that Packers offense with Love and, and guys that we know can catch passes around the line of scrimmage uh, I think are going to be good options. And then if you're looking for tight ends, uh, Tucker Craft is someone that stands out to me. Uh, price point, again, I think they're going to look to get him the football at 3000 I think it's a fair play. Yeah, I think that's a fair play, too. I, I might, again, if I was, you know, for the main slate, I still think I would consider a Jordan Love stack. But for the early slate, I'm definitely going to have a Jordan Love stack. And I, I probably will bring it back with Mike Evans at 7,500. We always need to keep an eye on that that Packers secondary, who's playing and who's not. They've had a, a lot of guys kind of banged up a little bit. I'm not playing Rashad White at 7,000. I do think Trey Palmer at 3,100 uh, is interesting. I, I do think we need to monitor Chris Godwin. Mike, do you know, is, is Chris Godwin out for this game or we don't know yet? On mute here. Uh, I'm not sure. I was just getting ready to look at what Godwin's status was. It looks like I would say he's trending towards not playing. Um, yeah. Didn't practice at all on Thursday. So if he doesn't get yeah, practice in today, I, I would say he's out. And, and, you know, we know this is an important game for both of these teams. I don't think Palmer is a one-for-one -one for Chris Godwin. They, they play uh, yeah. a bit differently. But I think Palmer 3,100 as a flyer uh, makes sense if you're trying to get sort of involved in this game. K-Dot in 3,200. But, of course, Mike Evans is is that dude. But, again, you don't always have to run it back. We, 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 yeah. we, we preach that a lot. If, if Mike Evans doesn't make sense from a price standpoint in your lineup, lineups you, you can have that jordan love stack and you don't need to bring it back with anybody i do think Jaden reed's going to be relatively chalky uh for good reason so everybody keep that in mind dobbs actually at a slightly higher price might be a really nice contrarian play uh, at least off of relative to Jaden reed if you like the jordan love stacks okay not much to like in this texans titans game uh we're looking at a three two and a half point spread about a 38 point total Davis Mills is the quarterback for the Houston Texans. He's probably not going to get the benefit of Nico Collins. Certainly not going to get the benefit of Tank Dell. Uh, Dalton Schultz should be back. So I think that's interesting. But the problem is Dalton Schultz is kind of priced up 4,900. So I don't know that I love that. Uh, Derrick Henry on the other side. D-Hop. Will Levis had a nice game. He's 5,400. This is a game I look at and I move on from other than maybe attacking the defenses. Mike, you mentioned the Titans defense. Anything else you like in this game? Titans defense, uh, I don't mind playing Derrick Henry. I know it sounds insane. He's run incredibly hot in terms of scoring touchdowns. Two mm -hmm. touchdowns in each of his last three games. Uh, but that's that's what he does. If they have the ball in the red zone, Derrick Henry is touching the football. Um, you know, we've talked about this on the show a couple times now. I love to speculate on how he gets more touches at home. Uh, I think that that's something that continues to happen. So I like the fact that they're at home again. Um, I like the fact that they're, they're facing, uh, Davis Mills. Um, I like the defense. I like the correlation. So I, I think Derrick Henry touches the football at least 20 times in this game. Yeah. Derrick Henry, 6,900. It's certainly at home. It does seem like a pretty good spot, Mike, that not a lot of people are going to be paying attention to you because, because to your point, he's been running very hot with the touchdowns, uh, and the, but the production, when you look at the efficiency, it's pretty terrible, but that doesn't mean like I, I think two things can be true. I think Derrick Henry may have slowed down a bit and he's been very inefficient. But the other thing that can be true is that he still has one or two like pop games in him. And this absolutely uh, could be one of those games. Certainly a lot of momentum going into this game for the Tennessee Titans. All right. Well, we've got a lot of momentum going into the four o'clock three game slate. Uh, but before we do that, let's take a break and hear a word from our partner. Okay. We moved to the 49ers at the Cardinals. 49ers favored by 12 in this one. I think this line has crept down just a bit. It's a 48-point total. 
Uh, I mean, listen, I think a lot of people, when you look at the implied total for the 49ers, it's it's either the highest or one of the highest on the slate. And it does make sense to just stack Brock Purdy. I, I think there's always confusion as to who to stack him with, whether it's Debo, Brendan Ayuk, or even CMC in a slightly unorthodox stack uh, here. Uh, obviously, George Kittle in play, too. The Cardinals, there's, there's guys to like, you know, uh, Trey McBride. I don't know about James Conner against this rush defense, but Trey McBride makes sense. Maybe some of the low-end receivers. What do you like in this game, Mike? You know, I like Christian McCaffrey, and I know it gets boring um, because when Christian McCaffrey has a bad game, he scores 19 fantasy points. Like, yeah. that, that is literally his bad game. And, uh, you know, that, that was his game the last time out. He only had one catch, one target in the passing game. Very unlike McCaffrey. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that changes again. I think that this game is an absolute blowout. I think you may be only getting three quarters. If you're only getting three quarters, it's likely because Christian McCaffrey has done Christian McCaffrey things. That's the thing to keep in mind here. If he's not doing his thing, the game's likely a little bit more competitive. Um, keep in mind, this is in a dome in a controlled environment. We don't get Christian McCaffrey in those situations all the time. When we do, I want to take advantage of it. He's too close to Kamara and price point. Um, I'm playing him. It's, it's expensive. And, you know, if he only gets me 19, I'm not going to win a GPP, but he's not going to be very unlikely to be the reason that I don't, uh, don't cash though. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I'm going to be playing uh, Christian McCaffrey as well. I, I do think we're going to see some regression from the likes of Debo Samuel in favor of maybe some touches that go to CMC that go to the house instead of the Debo ones and Debo 7,700. Mike, you'd agree with me. Debo probably, Probably out. Brandon Ayuk at 7,200, probably out. George Kittle at 5,800. Like, are those guys you're just not going to mess with and you're just going to play Purdy with CMC or just CMC alone? Like, how we plan that? Uh, just CMC alone for me, but yeah, out on Debo. And I, you know, I, look, I played Debo against Philly and, and like everywhere. And I, that's why I had, a, I had a really big week. Awesome. I got incredibly, incredibly favorable results. He touched the football six times and landed in the end zone three times. Amazing. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Like great run good by me on that. Like I it made sense. Like I was expecting what we got the big play over the middle, expecting a rush, but you're never expecting that. Uh, the volume just simply, in my opinion, isn't there. I know he did have nine targets twice against Seattle. I think that was a product of the matchup more than anything. Um, so I'm off of Debo. For me, it's really CMC or, or nothing here. Okay. And uh, McBride on the other side, are you in on McBride or anybody on the Arizona side? I'm not going to be. I, I think the focus will be there on McBride. I don't mind it. I think the scenario you need is true, true garbage time. Um, the price point's up enough. Like, I'm not expecting – here's the thing with McBride, right? Normal weeks, the volume is good enough that in, like, real garbage situations, a touchdown is legitimate possibility. I don't think the touchdown equity exists very high in this particular matchup. So I think that does ding his upside just enough, and we know he's going to be popular. So I'm going to stay off, uh, and I'm going to play some of the other tight ends uh, that we'll talk about in a bit. The one thing to to keep an eye on with this game, uh, th there are some guys that that might be coming back that that have been banged up. I do want to point out Michael Wilson at 3,300 is a is certainly an interesting option, but the San Francisco defense sustained a few injuries last week. So, I mean, I, I do think when it comes to playing maybe some Cardinals on the other side of a stack, or maybe you're just playing, you know, a one-off on each side in this game, it is important to kind of maybe get a status check on some of these defenders uh, across really the linebacking core in particular. So that's something I'm going to have to keep an eye on as we approach Sunday. The practice reports today certainly going to be very uh, important. Smith Mahler asks, some low totals this week predicted by Vegas. Uh, does that affect what games you put your focus on? I don't, Mike, I'm going to kick this to you in a second. I don't know that it affects the games. I, I mean, obviously, like a low total is 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 a lot worse uh, than, a, than a higher total, like in this Cardinals game and this Commanders game versus the Rams that we're going to talk about. But I do want to point out that you always also want to look at the concentration of targets. Look at the implied mm -hmm. total. So a low total doesn't necessarily mean that both teams are going to score like very few points. It could mean that one team still has a very high implied total and the other team is just garbage and, and, and isn't going to score much. But also, like, for example, the Saturday slate. I think there are some lower totals, but the highest total is Denver-Detroit. But I also think on the Detroit side, who has the highest implied total, I think in terms of the concentration of targets, you're not exactly sure where it's going. It's David Montgomery. It's Jameer Gibbs. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. It's Khalif Raymond. It's Sam Laporta. I mean, Josh Reynolds, if he plays. But then you look at, let's say, the Colts game. And yeah, Downs gets some receptions and and uh, Alec Pierce gets some receptions and Kyle Granson and Mo Alley-Cox. But 
I mean, look at Michael Pittman. He has 29 receptions over the last three games. That is a high concentration of target shares. He's averaging about 100 yards per game over the last three. So just because the total is low, it doesn't mean you need to avoid that game. You need to dig a little deeper and see, okay, is the implied total low for the team I like? And where are the targets going? Mike, any response? Yeah, it's all volume-based. Uh, volume definitely going to matter more than the total, uh, especially true at this point because the totals do impact, uh, you know, ownership, projected ownership, things like that, what the field does. Uh, so I would not use totals as something that's a significant part of your research. Um, I, I think that while that was a viable strategy five, six, seven years ago, I don't think that it's uh, really all that important here. I think looking at volume, understanding volume, uh, and then understanding on the totals, the thing that does matter on the totals is understanding is that, is, is the total moving because of where you know the market just thinks the number should be, or is it moving because of weather? I know that that statement sounds a little weird because the market always moves because where the market thinks it should be, right? But is it moving because of weather or is it moving uh, just in a controlled environment? I think those are two very different things. Absolutely. Okay, we're gonna get to Commanders Rams in a second, but James asks, see you and Mike, you're the best in the business. Would you guys ever do a best ball preview show over the summer? So. I don't really do a lot of best ball, Mike. I don't think you do any best ball. I will say this. I do think CBS Sports, this this channel, Fantasy Football Today channel, I do think they're going to be doing a lot of best ball. And, and by the way, Meg Schaub, who I do uh, the Tuesday show with, she does a ton of best ball. She has a whole site uh, dedicated to it. And, I, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me at all if she's doing some podcasts with maybe uh, some of the CBS Sports crew uh, actually talking about best ball. So you can look forward to a best ball preview show, uh, or I should say preview shows over the summer for sure, probably on this channel. So look out for that. All right, Commanders, plus six and a half at the Rams. It's a 50 and a half point total. Uh, this one is probably going to be fireworks, Mike, and I know you like a lot of pieces in this game, so I'm just going to kick it to you right away. You like a stack? Is it one of your favorite stacks? What do you like in this game? Yeah, look, I'm gonna. it's going to be very chalky this week, but I'm going to play it. Uh, it's Stafford. The price point's just too low here, in my opinion. Um, for the matchup and, and just the controlled environment, all those things, I, I like Matthew Stafford. I'm going to pair him with Cooper Cup. Uh, we'll look and see some of the other receivers. Puka Nakua is okay. Uh, you can stack him with a running back, Kyron Williams. Uh, he's been phenomenal. I think you can definitely get away with Stafford, Williams, and Cup all in the same lineup. Um, the other guy that I think we could talk about a little bit, depending on the status of Tutu Atwell, unfortunately, it looks like he might give it a go. If he doesn't, I really like Demarcus Robinson, former Kansas mm -hmm. City Chief. I uh, love him playing in, in this environment in this offense. So keep an eye on that. Another value play potentially opening up. Uh, and then the plethora of passing options on the other side are all going to be fantastic bringbacks. Um, I think Sam Howell is also in play. Uh, Washington's pass rate over expectation. They just, they're going to continue to throw the football. They're very likely to be in a neutral or trailing game script. Um, a lot of fantasy points in this game. Very likely I'm going right back to the well with Sam Howell pass attempts. It actually didn't hit last time, but it's hit like the five times before that. Just so you know, his pass attempt total is 37 and a half. I'm very likely to take that over for all the reasons Mike just said. Let me ask you this. If you're running a Ram stack, which by the way, we're going to get to your cheat sheet and your top three at each position. Spoiler alert. He's running a Ram stack. With that said, are you running anybody back on the Washington side? Uh, I will be. See, I think that there's going to be a lot of options. Some of it's going to depend on how the uh, injury reports shake out in terms of where I'm going for value. But the good news is Terry McLaurin at 5,600 is the most expensive. Uh, he's coming off a game against Miami where he did not record a stat. He did record a stat. He had three targets. He didn't catch anything. Uh, that was stark contrast to the 11 targets he saw against Dallas. The efficiency's certainly been the issue. Uh, I don't mind it, but I'm likely to drop a little further down the board. Uh, always looking at a guy like Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Uh, Samuel's generally the guy that I prefer. I think he's got the most upside at 4,600. Um, so watching out for that. But yes, the answer is I will definitely have uh, bringbacks. I might run my, I won't say patented, but I will run my familiar double tight end sets this week as well with a little bit of Logan Thomas, either at tight end or flex. It's funny you say patented. I think you actually do have things patented from your uh, from your sports past. So uh, he doesn't use that term loosely. Let me ask you this, because it doesn't look like, I don't know if this is confirmed yet, forgive me, but it doesn't look like Brian Robinson is playing Antonio Gibson. First of all, I think he's underrated. Let me just say that. He fumbles a lot, so that's a problem. But he's 5,200. He catches passes. He's very dynamic, more dynamic. In my, he's not as reliable, but he's more dynamic than Brian Robinson 
in my opinion, would he be somebody that would be involved maybe in a double stack on the way back from a Stafford stack? I could definitely see Gibson being involved. I, I think that the big, the best comp I can give is I think if he's truly the lead back here and Robinson's out and everything, I think he's a much better play than the Chiefs running backs. For example, mm -hmm. Jarek McKinnon, 5,100. I'd much rather have Gibson at 52. Um, I'd rather have him than A.J. Dillon at 53. I, I think that if you want to get super sneaky or just play them together, likely what I would do, uh, Zeke Elliott, 5,800. Everyone's going to play Zeke this week. If you want to yeah. take a stance there, I think there are definitely scenarios where Gibson can match Zeke. It will require a touchdown to do it, but uh, I think he can definitely get there. The passing yeah, work, good. like as you mentioned, is he's going to have five plus targets in this game. I think the ceiling is is probably higher than it's ever going to be for Antonio Gibson. So the floor is probably a little low too, because Chris Rodriguez is going to come in for Washington as well. He's going to steal some carries, but if Gibson can get in the open field at 5,200 in this type of game, this type of back and forth, uh, I really like that. So, okay. So those are the two 405 games, both incredibly electric from a scoring standpoint. And it's part of the reason, by the way, I, I said, I, I kind of want to play some, some more one o'clock slate because I want to I want to get dirty with those bad games with with, the, with those like low scoring games yeah. and just pick my spot in one or two that like aren't sexy games and just be right about them because there's so much to choose from in this afternoon slate. Again, doesn't mean I'm not playing the main slate. I, that's just kind of how I feel about that. With that said, 425 Cowboys plus two at the Bills, 50 and a half point total. A lot to like in this game, uh, Mike. We were talking before we went live about Josh Allen and. And how your model kind of kind of likes Josh Allen, but doesn't necessarily like him from a stacking standpoint. So I'm just really curious: A, are you on this game? And B, how are you playing it on both sides? Because listen, Dak is expensive at eight thousand, eight thousand, but Ceedee Lamb's ninety two hundred. Like this is a tough stack to play on, on the Dak side if you want to play Ceedee Lamb, and frankly, on the Josh Allen side too, with Diggs being eighty four hundred. So how are we playing this thing? Yeah, it's such a tough. Uh tough situation to get to you know i am i should i i could have listed this as one of my stacks you know the stack that i want to play the most here i want to play josh allen and the bills defense together that's what i want to play here yeah. uh, i like the bills in this game they're going to win this game i think that uh the cowboys like are still that. a fine teaser leg though i think cowboys plus eight or plus eight and a half is fine if you're looking uh you know to build out a long teaser that's definitely going to be there um I like Josh Allen. I think he's going to use his legs. I think that the opportunity to save the season, get to the playoffs, um, I think they obviously see that there's still a path. And the only path to that is winning this football game at home. Uh, but if they take care of business here, I think that they, they've got a good opportunity um, to, to get in here. So I think that that's what's going to happen. And I think Josh Allen puts it all on himself. I think we see a rushing touchdown here from him. I I'm not interested in stacking because of the price points, though. You mentioned it. It's mm. very difficult. I think that you sacrifice too much in terms of projection when doing it. Um, however, I do think that there is a scenario where the Bills spread things out a bit. Josh Allen has a massive day, 30 fantasy points. Um, so I will play a Josh Allen lineup. And then for the comment on stacking the Bills defense, uh, tough environment for the Cowboys. I'm, the Cowboys aren't to the level of the Lions where you can only play them in a dome. But this is by far the toughest environment Dak Prescott will have walked into. Um, having coming off the way they've beaten the Eagles at, at times, I think this is a spot for the a little bit of a letdown on his individual performance. Could come with a pick or two. So, yeah, give me Bill's defense at only 2,400 with uh, Josh Allen. Assuming you're not stacking this game, or I'm, I'm not talking about you, but really anybody, would James Cook or Tony Pollard enter into the equation? And the only reason I even bring them up, because I don't think I'm playing Tony Pollard, even though the price is, is decent at 6700 James Cook, it doesn't look like a good matchup, especially if you're looking on DraftKings, like uh, whoever it was that, that asked that question. It doesn't look like a good matchup. But with that offensive coordinator change, we've seen James Cook get a lot more intentional touches, especially coming out of the backfield. Uh, rushing attempts I'm talking about. So is, is that a consideration? And are there any other players like maybe uh, a Gallup or a, a Jake Ferguson or James Cook or even a Dalton Kincaid that enter into the conversation at all? Uh, you know, I think you can look to some of those guys, Kincaid, things like that. For me, it would be Cook. It's a very expensive stack at that point. Uh, you know, almost 
really, it's just really hard to get to, right? So I don't mind Cook. I love his passing work volume, though. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. going to continue. You mentioned the change in the offense. Like, I, I think it's going to ultimately be a great thing. But I really think this is a spot where Josh Allen puts the team on his back. He's looking for those short passes to Cook. He's looking for some of the rushing equity. Um, I'm not stacking the game. I want to. It doesn't feel good. It's probably why I said, you know, the slate doesn't feel great overall. You know this game is here. This game clearly could shoot out and have 60 points. It's just really difficult to build correlated things in this game uh, because of the price points. So I, I'm going to play Josh Allen, and that's really, really it for me. Okay, so keep that in mind, everyone. You know, there are situations where the way the slate sets up, you can play a powerhouse like Josh Allen and, and just not play him with any receivers. I mean, we've seen that. We, we've seen that, like, I think in Millie Maker lineups where we've seen a, a quarterback just played by himself. But even in, like, the smaller contests, I do think on this slate it makes sense to play Josh Allen. Hope he uses his legs. Hope he spreads it around to his plethora of pass catchers and really gets there for you without having to pay, like, the high price of 8400 for a, a digs or the somewhat high price for Kincaid at 5300 relative to two other tight ends, James Cook, 6,300. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I would just say when you're looking at Josh Allen, just point back to the uh, the game against the Eagles is what I'm looking for in Josh Allen here. Um, you know, he massive through the air, massive day through the air, right? They, they put up a, a bunch of points. Ultimately, the, the game went to overtime, which certainly helped. But the two rushing touchdowns and 81 rushing yards, you look at the last two weeks, which have been big games against big opponents, must-win games. This has been true for Josh Allen's entire career. He, in big games against big opponents, he runs the football. Nine rushing attempts against Philly, 10 against Kansas City. Um, it's what he does. When you give that guy 10 rushing attempts, those aren't kneel downs, you know, to be clear. They're, they're not kneel downs that are those rushing attempts for him. So pay attention to Josh Allen in those big spots. He's certainly going to run the football here. All right, we got to get to your top three at each position and our cheat sheets and maybe just a quick word on the Saturday slate in terms of maybe some stacks you like, Mike. But real quick, somebody asked about our our contest. We have two contests this week. If you watch the Tuesday show, you know we have a Saturday slate contest. I think we only made it for like 100 people. It's about 60 or 70 people deep. So you still have time to, to register for that. And of course, we have the main slate. I I, I put that down from 200 to 150 just because I put it out kind of late. But both contests are available and hopefully they'll both be in the, I think Nada can do this. I, hopefully they'll both be in the, the podcast description. So uh, keep that in mind. I'll, I'll tweet them out as well, because I know the main slate one, uh, it really just came out today. So, okay, Mike, top three at each position. We start at quarterback. What do you have? Josh Allen is going to be number two because Matt Stafford is number one. I uh, like the price point, love the controlled environment, love the matchup with Washington, uh, which is why we're going to play the other side of it too. Sam Howell, he's got rushing equity. He's going to throw the football 40 times or more in this game. Uh, so love those three quarterbacks. Matt Stafford, Josh Allen, Sam Howell will be the three that I use. Uh, running backs for now, Zeke Elliott, going to eat the chalk there. Love his involvement in the passing game. I think you have to look that way. Number two, Kyron Williams. I think there's going to be enough fantasy points, enough back and forth to still play Matthew Stafford's running back in those stacks. And then number three, Christian McCaffrey. It would not be a show if I didn't tell you that Christian McCaffrey was very good at football. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is the preferred spend once again. For wide receivers, for me, it's Cooper Cup. I like him a lot in this matchup. I love the chemistry with Matthew Stafford. I love that Kyron Williams is there. I love that Nakua is there. There's just all these options for them to go to, but I think this is a good spot for Cooper Cup. Juju Smith-Schuster, Wandell Robinson are the other two I listed. You're like, why would you play those guys, Mike? Well, they're cheap. They're $3,700. They're in obvious negative game scripts, uh, and they're going to catch passes. So I need some savings if I'm paying up for Christian McCaffrey. I need some savings if I'm playing Josh Allen and Cooper Cup. Uh, that's where I'm electing to get it this week. So I, I like those cheap receivers. Wondell Robinson, Juju, monitor the ankle. I think he plays. Love the revenge narrative. Tight end. Looking for a little value and then going way up to the top. Chiga Konkwu for the Tennessee Titans. I like him a lot. Uh, I like that DeAndre Hopkins now has that deep threat. We know what Derrick Henry can do. It leaves a lot for Okonkwu. Again, the price point is why we're playing him. Tucker Craft. Uh, I think that Green Bay is going to be beat up a little bit. I think that this is a good spot. We know that Tampa Bay is a bit of a pass funnel. They're going to throw a little bit more. And then all the way to the top, Travis Kelsey. I'm talking 3 to 5% ownership. 
on the best tight end in the game with one of the best quarterbacks in a, a spot that they really have to bounce back and win. So give me some Travis Kelsey there. Uh, and then I actually did do defenses this week. So yeah, it is the Falcons, Bills, and Browns. Uh, I want to attack the Browns against a, a Bears team that we've been on, frankly, that has been playing well. Mm-hmm. I think that this is a spot where we see some turnovers from fields. The Bills, price point, 2400 I uh, can't argue with that. And then, of course, the Falcons against the Panthers. Absolutely love it. All right, let's do my cheat sheet. I've got Brock Purdy to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, pretty expensive on that Christian McCaffrey side and an orthodox stack to some degree, but we know Christian McCaffrey just as much a pass catcher as a running back. My value is going to be Jaden Reed. I think he's going to pile up the receptions at 4,900. Uh, chalk play is going to be Puka Nakua at 7,300. Mike, I know you like Cooper Cup, but I know you don't hate Puka Nakua either. Nakua, probably the, the more popular of the options because of the price point. Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's it. It's that- yeah, purely price point. Yeah. And is that part of the reason you like Cooper Cup over Puka Nakua? It is, yeah. And I, I do think it's a, you know, I liked what I saw at a Cooper Cup. He looked really healthy again last week, um, which I, I think is critical for me overall. Uh, but I, am I going to play Nakua? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, contrarian play. It's contrarian for now. Let's see what happens. Antonio Gibson at 5,200. And my fate is going to be Alvin Kamara at 8,600. Like Mike said, if I'm going that high for running back, I'm just going to go ahead and pay the extra 700 for CMC. Mike, your cheat sheet. Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup. Uh, love, love, love this spot for the Rams. I think everyone knows that. Everyone likes it. I think everyone's probably going to play a little more Nakua. So I, I like uh, like Cup here in this one. Uh, my value play, Wondell Robinson. We've mentioned him a few times. I think DeVito is going to look to get rid of the football very quickly. I think they want to put the ball in Wondell's hands. I think it's a good matchup. Chalk play, Zeke Elliott. Um, everyone's going to play him. I think it's the free square this week. He's going to be involved in the passing game. I think the move to Bailey Zappi has been a, a good thing for him overall. And then obviously losing Ramondre Stevenson certainly uh, certainly helps from a volume standpoint. My contrarian play in that game still going to be Travis Kelsey. Again, I, I'm talking 5% or less ownership here. I don't think anyone's playing him. It's really difficult to get to. Uh, I totally understand if you'd rather play someone in the Rams game, rather play someone in Bill's Cowboys. Uh, I like Travis Kelsey here. And because I like Travis Kelsey, because I like the expensive guys, I am fading Trey McBride. I think Trey McBride is a fine play. If you listen to the episode the whole way, you'll know why I think it's okay to fade him here. The volume will be there. The game script will be there. I don't think the touchdown equity exists in this matchup like it does in garbage time and some of the other matchups. So that's why I'm off of him. I don't think that a five-catch, 55-yard day, which is okay, is not going to be enough to get you there without landing in the end zone. So I, I'm going to be off of Trey McBride. Okay. Let's talk about the Saturday slate just for a couple minutes before we get out of here. Do you have any thoughts in terms of what you're going to play and in terms of maybe your favorite stack or, or, or something to that effect? And I'm curious if there's a stack or maybe a game or maybe a couple players that you're just looking to avoid because there's just too much ownership going there. Now, granted, it's a three-game slate, so ownership – doesn't matter quite as much because you can have your roster construction a little bit different because it's it, three game slates allow you to do things that maybe um, other people aren't going to do. But I just kind of want to know where you're leaning or where you're trying to avoid. Yeah, it's a fascinating slate, really. Um, I'm not playing a ton of Steelers. I can tell you that. I, I like Zach Moss once again. I think he's going to catch some passes out of the backfield. Have to love Mixon, but I, I definitely think that what we've seen from Chase Brown is something to – Keep an eye on. This is the kind of slate where there's only three games. It's entirely possible one of these games shoots out to 60 points and the others are 30-point are games, in which case you can get away with some really wild things. So one thing I'm going to be looking at doing is playing a Jake Browning lineup with both of the running backs, Mixon and Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're going to continue to catch passes out of the backfield, but I, I think in that point you're essentially capturing a lot of the scoring offensively from Cincinnati. So I, I like that spot. Um, I like Hawkinson. I like Jefferson. They're obviously very expensive. Um, let's see. Other guys that I'm – but, yeah, biggest thing I can say here, it's okay to get contrarian in an extreme way on a three-game slate. And what I mean by that is you can leave a 1000 to $2,000 salary if you want to. Um, you can play a defense against a quarterback. You can do all sorts of things that could potentially get you there. Uh, to get a little different. So the other way I think that you can get different that I don't think people will get to a ton, uh, play guys like Tyler Boyd instead of Jamar Chase. I love Jamar Mm -hmm. Chase. I'm betting his over in receiving yards. Uh, Look for Tyler Boyd, though. He's certainly going to have the least attention out of anyone. Uh, So look at wide receiver two and three a lot on some of these teams. 
Can you tell with what you're looking at right now what the most popular maybe stack or court maybe not stack maybe popular quarterback is going to be? Yes. Uh, let's see. Most popular quarterback here is going to it's showing to be um, Jake Browning and Russell Wilson. Actually, getting a lot of Russell Wilson, which it, it kind of makes sense. Wilson's the most expensive on DraftKings at six k. Uh, no golf, excuse me, 65, but the, he's right there with Browning at 57, Minshew 55, Mullins at five. Um, yeah, I, I think if I had to guess, I would say Browning ultimately ends up being the chalk there. Gotcha. Uh, and last question here, uh, assuming Minshew is, is healthy. Uh, I love Minshew stacks. I think you could stack Minshew with Zach Moss and Michael Pittman. I also think you could ditch Moss and go with like an Alec Pierce flyer. Um, you could double, triple stack on a three-game slate anyway. But my point is, uh, any thoughts on the Minshew stack? Because that's I like Jake Browning. I do like Russ a little bit. Uh, golf at home makes a little bit of sense, but I probably won't go there. Minshew, my favorite stack. Just what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't mind Minshew at all. Um, I, I've got a little bit of interest in him. The other one I would say is... It's a lot like the main slate we've seen before, right? I may not have Minshew, but I'm going to have his two weapons, and that's Zach Moss and Michael Pittman. Like, right. I think you could totally build a Jake Browning lineup with either Mixon or Boyd or Chase and still play Zach Moss and Michael Pittman. And essentially, you're getting both Jake Browning and uh, Gardner Minshew there. So if you like both. Right. Um, you know, when I look at all these lineups that I've built, the biggest stack, like my top stack, is Moss and Pittman. That's my top stack. It's not a quarterback. It's not a quarterback to a pass catcher. It's not anything like that. It's Zach Moss and Michael Pittman is the top stack for me for Saturday. If that speaks to anything, it speaks to how you can get very unconventional. Even with popular players, you can get very unconventional with your air quotes uh, stacks and your lineup construction and things of that nature. Again, it's a three-game slate, so don't be afraid to overload. Go all in on a game. X out some players. Uh, it's just a, a really interesting way to uh, – approach a slate. I really like the three game slates. It's part of the reason I like doing the main slate, uh, but also splitting it up between the early and afternoon slate, because you get a chance to do some of these things that Mike is talking about. Okay. Well, this has been a full show. We really appreciate everybody in the chat participating. We hope we answered most, if not all of your questions. We'll see you on Tuesday. We hope you have a great Sunday slate and Saturday slate. Uh, so much content on this Fantasy Football Today channel, on the Sportsline channel. So look forward to that over the weekend. But we'll see you on Tuesday. For Mike McClure, my name is Sina Jad. This is Fantasy Football Today, DFS. DFS.